live from Venice Beach in California. We're at James Maslow's house, and today, Matt Walker, our uh, head writer and producer, and me, Stephen Kramer Glickman, we're here interviewing James Maslow. It's amazing! It's amazing! You're on the nighttime show. What's going on? Hi, nighttime buddy. show. It's early evening right now, but yes, I'm excited that people will be listening to this. Most likely in the actual evening. Hopefully, yeah. this is such a gorgeous place. Uh, I'm gonna. Fill I feel like in. I should offer you guys a more a better drink than water. Oh no, this is great. You sure? We have some water, and She's, we're sitting out. We have a nice outdoor fireplace. We're sitting out. There's ducks. In the there's like a a nice little it's lake, a, like a lake, yeah. Yeah, no, you I got love good, this place. This is this is this is a beautiful place. Thank you so much. This is the most relaxing place I have found in uh, L.A. So I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna live here. That's yeah. a really smart idea because <laughs> this city sucks dicks. It's, it, it, it's, it's a horrible, it it's a great place. place. <clears throat> no, this is a horrible place to live, and you it's, have to find <laughs> peace. What are you, talking about? you have to find some peace. It can and, be and, a wonderful place. There's so many wonderful things, but you're absolutely right that on occasion it sucks all the dicks <laughs> <laughs> all at once, and uh, you feel it if you live like in Hollywood. At least oh, I did when I tried that it out. It depends on which neighborhood you're dickness. in. There are some neighborhoods where there's a lot of dick sucking going on. In oh, Matt. Yeah, when I talking about God. like a literal part of LA called West Hollywood but I don't I think that was <laughs> kind of getting off the what point Matt. What is the Matt. matter with you? Um, but there are it is, it is such a very difficult city to live in at times and you have it to really find is. your little you have to cut out your little piece your little your little mm-hmm. home you 100%. Know, where you can live so it's great that you found a place that's gorgeous it's a gorgeous house. Thank you, you so have. much man. No, cool. It took me a while to figure out that I need to be here like I said I even lived here for a while then tried going back and living in Hollywood and that was uh the final nail in the coffin. I decided, nope, nowhere else in LA. I've done pretty much all of it. Venice is definitely. What was home it for like me. living in the in the middle of Hollywood when you moved back to the middle of Hollywood? Well, to put it kindly, I'd say fucking terrible. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. A mess, right? Um, absolute mess. I mean, look, it was fun for about six weeks. I'm gonna give it north of a month. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, oh man, I was in this full service building, and I didn't grow up with anything. Like, if I needed something done, I did it my damn self. Same with like, if something broke in my house, I fixed it. Like, you yeah. know, my dad, it, it was yeah, no, no coddling <laughs> in the Maslow house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so initially, on paper, the idea of going to this fancy high rise with a valet and like everything's inclusive, and like you can order food on the little iPad sounded oh, great. Wow. But here are some examples I just gave you. Let's look at the reality. That valet, you wait 30 minutes to get your car, and then mm-hmm. they scratch the rims, which totally happened like four different times. Sure. Like, and you're paying for this nonsense, too. Instead of just getting in your own damn car and driving it away yourself and parking it yourself. And that's got to be like, what are we talking, like six grand a month or something? I mean, something like absurd that? like that, yeah. It's yeah. very, that's very crazy. expensive. And then, like, to the iPad where you can order food from their restaurant. Guess what? I've got one called an iPhone, and it's called fucking Postmates or DoorDash, <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah, way anyone. cheaper. It's yeah. way so, cheaper than that. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that is not. Well, you know, look, the only good part no. about it is I realize that Venice is is home, and being in my house is exactly where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, you've got water, you have all the things around you that make that like help calm your life down. You Which know, because is necessary. well, because like if your life outside of of your home is like crazy like i'm sure your life is you you travel all the time you're always on the road and you're always in studio and these different places you know you're working you're acting and then you need to have a place that you can just yeah. chill the fuck out a little bit 100 you know? percent. and i mean i guess if it's like you know if we're preaching here and and i tend to do that i like to be uh, positive <laughs> and project positivity um also talk a lot of shit but it's a fine balance i walk that line you do um 
everybody needs to find that place. Even if you can't find a place on water in Venice, like find your own little nook of the world, your own little room. Like you, you need to have a place that feels like home. Yeah. I mean, lighting candles when you go home. I don't fucking care how you get there, but you need to get there, especially as, as Glickman's talking about. L.A. can be a tough, tough place to live. Um, so as long as when you go back to where you're sleeping, it feels a little homey, and you can forget about the rest of the craziness, you're doing all right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, you grew up in San Diego. We knew each How would you possibly other. know that? <laughs> because we Kramer knew Glickman. each other when you were a kid, and we played uh, piano at people's uh, 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 Jewish high holiday parties. Yeah, we had some fancy friends growing up. Like, you and I yeah. were pretty fucking broke, but then yeah. we had this one fancy friend whose dad helped build, like, you know those high-rise towers? Maybe I shouldn't be the specific. The green, the green towers. If you look at the skyline like of downtown. Emerald City and downtown San Diego. So, long story short, he built this massive freaking place and has the dopest deal in history, if I recall. Because he helped build it, he pays rent $1 a year for 99 years to live in this two-story fucking wow. penthouse. It is Amazing, so baller, which is also kind of disgusting when like we think about how young we were, and I just have this memory of going up to. Can I say their names? Probably not. No, no, Um, no, but it doesn't matter. uh, Anyways, um, Sierra was a young girl that I had a crush on, perhaps, and we Mm -hmm. were family friends. Went to Sierra's dad's room. And saw this big circular bed, and at the time, I didn't understand why there was a big circular mirror on the ceiling <laughs> of the bed. And as I've gotten older, a little more fucked up, like, ah, You're I like, see ah, you. Sierra's dad. I see why we I have get a you. mirror. Huh? Mm-hmm. I see yeah. why he was single. That is <clears throat> understandable. Yeah. Um, so you, I remember you doing a lot of theater and, and stuff when you were a kid. Uh, have you thought about... Ever getting back into that, but well, going you did maybe, theater. I know. I know you did. Uh, you did Sherlock Holmes with uh, Mr. Arquette. Yeah, mm-hmm. David which Arquette, was a was, whole situation. That was an interesting thing <laughs> for sure. I ran. Well, into when him. I think of Sherlock Holmes, I think of David Arquette and James Maslow. Absol- clearly, absolutely. That's first thing that pops into my head. I feel like I should apologize. <laughs> for that. like, that's not right. That's. I mean, it, it was. It was fun. I'm psyched. I did. Thanks whoever hired me for that job. But. That's just that's not what you should think of at all. Yeah, like I I, um, I ran into David Arquette like a couple weeks ago, and I said, "Oh my my friend James Maslow was in this play with you with, in Sherlock Holmes," and he goes, "He goes, I still have PTSD from doing that show <laughs> because he had so much trouble doing that show. Like, well, the, that just yeah. the dialogue alone, I guess, was like an enormous amount of dialogue Huge. for him. I mean, it's two plus <laughs> hours of British babble, yeah. and I don't mean that in any way disrespectfully. Oh. Like, it is just." These, no. e- these terms we aren't used to using, and then just hours on end of it, and especially Sherlock. Sherlock, he had sixty percent of the uh, yeah. of the lines, the entire thing. So. And you have to do the accent the whole time, or was it? She did, and wow. because of the way that he did the accent, the director had me turn Watson into like this, like South London, very, oh. very Cockney, very different, you know, which is not proper at all. It's not how any of them spoke, but yeah. the director had me do it. Which is why, like, at the Ed Mervish Theater, which is, like, one of the most classic places in all of the world, it's in Toronto, yeah. people showed up, like, what the fuck did we just see? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, like, a lot of people liked it. Like, L.A. fucking loved it. No, yeah. Chicago, a lot of towns are more used to, like, hey, this is our take on shit. Yeah. But yeah. then the places that are more traditional theater are like, this is not at all what we fucking <laughs> think about. <laughs> <laughs> Is there is there shows is there plays or musicals that you've wanted to do that you haven't gotten to do? Like, do you want to go do Broadway? Eventually, man. I mean, I've always said that it's a bucket list thing. Um, having said that, if there were a good opportunity now, I don't even really know what. Would you like shows to play Shrek right and Shrek the Musical, James? Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Can we talk about that? Huh? And you kind of played I, Shrek and Shrek the Musical. I feel like, and then you, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, kind of, and then got fired. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like, but that's why you guys work together. If you hadn't yes. gotten fired, you if never would have been fired, a big time I wouldn't rush. have done the show. Right. Hey, look, things happen for a reason. You know. Mm-hmm. I feel like you kind of like um, 
like as we've gotten a little older and as musicals have been now like televised, they're mm-hmm. doing them like on TV. And then Carlos did that Grease, did Grease thing. Yeah. yeah. Don't you kind of just want to do one of those? Doesn't I that... I don't know. Honestly, no. Because Not or that not I really. wouldn't do one of those, but if I had my preference, I want to go live in New York. If I want to do Broadway, I want to do it on Broadway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just got to meet Shoshana, Shoshana Bean the other day, who's a huge Broadway oh, yeah. star. And she couldn't have been nicer. I got to hear her sing and- I've just I've been lucky to work with a lot of different people from that world recently, and the more I talk about it, more I'm like, yeah, shit. Whenever there's the right opportunity, like I remember seeing our friend our Jordan Sparks in the mm-hmm. Heights. Um, we actually just got to play together. Sorry, sidebarring yet again. Mm-hmm. The little performance at Madison Square Garden, casual what? as fuck, um, for a charity thing a couple months ago, and I saw Jordan again. She's oh such my a God. badass. Oh, she's great. But when I saw her in the Heights, I was like, look, obviously this show for <laughs> typecasting is probably not going to be right for me, but to do something like that, where I do a couple months stint. Is an absolute dream of mine. So uh, mm-hmm. anybody in the Broadway world paying attention right now, feel free and tweet well, they, me some they ideas. They do a lot of that now, Maslow. where they bring people in for limited runs. Like they're like, oh, yeah. this person playing this role for the next two months. <laughs> but it's like a thing they be? do. So do you know yeah. that? You know that story about Carlos and me within the Heights. Did you ever hear that story? Where Car- no. <laughs> Carlos Does it involve said pants? That he was going to go. Carlos said he was going to go do in the Heights. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that after like season two or something? He Carlos was like, said a lot of things. So I said to him, oh, I want to go do the show. Once the musical once, yeah, and he goes, uh, "We'll just call them. Just call them, tell them you want to do the show." And I was like, "Do you think I can do that?" He goes, "Yeah, man, you're on a TV show. Go call, call them right now." <laughs> so I call the casting director call in the New once York, people, and I go, "I go, hey, uh, this is Stephen Glickman. I'm on this TV show." And they go, "Uh huh." And I go, "I want to be in once." <laughs> <laughs> and the casting director goes, "Oh, you want to be in our Tony-winning show?" <laughs> and I just go, "Give you lip right off the bat." I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "You don't, you know, you know, like people audition for for shows and stuff, right?" And I go, "Yeah, no, I know. I just because I'm on TV, I thought I could just yeah, call about you. a successful TV <laughs> show. I'm famous. You don't yeah. know. I can't just walk in the door." And they literally said, "Please don't ever call here," <laughs> and then hung up on me. Yeah, it's not yeah, good. you know. Hey, I know we got a lot of artists and a lot of musicians that listen to the nighttime show and have uh, been on the nighttime show, but I'll tell you what a lot of them are missing. They're missing merch, okay? And it is very easy to have an amazing merch store with artist shops by Threadless. Just add your art to hundreds of clothing, accessories, and home decor items in just minutes. Plus, it's fully customizable so you can make your shop totally unique to your style. But the best part is, here's the best part, it's 100% free to sign up. Zero minimums, zero monthly fees. You even set your own prices so you can control how much money goes into your pocket. And with millions of dollars paid to artists to date, there is a lot of moolah to be made, okay? Artists, designers, podcasters, free up all the time that you'd be spending at the post office, shipping, dealing with customer service, and put it towards what you love, being creative, okay? Threadless takes care of the rest of it. And with 100,000 shop owners and 4 million users, just join the party. Head to artistshops.com forward slash SKG to sign up right now. That's artistshops.com forward slash SKG to sign up right now. Also, the Nighttime Show partnered with Threadless, so we have something amazing. You need to go check it out. We got mugs, shower curtains, uh, I mean, t-shirts, sweaters, anything you can imagine. We have it for sale, Nighttime Show style. Go check it out. It's thenighttimeshow.threadless.com. That's 
thenighttimeshow.threadless.com and check out our store with all of our cool stuff. It's so awesome. Let's get back to the show. Do you worry? Do you ever worry about uh, typecasting? Do you, did you? Is that a thing that you've worried about in your career? Well, you know what's how funny? Do you feel about it? Had you asked me when we first came, you know, off Big Time Rush years ago? Yeah, of course. I, the last thing I wanted to do was get positioned in a box and only you know let's just be the romantic comedy guy which i've only done one rom-com my entire career what's kind of exciting is that the majority of independent film i've done has been so against type from playing drug dealers to i've got a movie coming out in two weeks on lifetime called twisted tenant where i play a murderer yeah um which i saw is the trailer exciting. for that it's fucking terrifying it's yeah i'm excited i haven't seen the whole movie yet but what i've seen looks really really good and for me it's exciting that i'm getting these parts consistently in fact here's a story I can't tell too many details on, but I think you might actually appreciate. Sure. Because we're, 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 we're literally signing the deal this week. So, look, if it doesn't go through, it doesn't go through. I don't want to get people too excited. But looks like I'll be filming a period piece, a World War II period piece this summer. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And one thing I will say, and this, as it was a weird thing to find out, but also I was highly complimented. And this is to my point about not being typecast much, at least in the independent world anymore. I got an offer for this movie. And I look at it and go, oh, dude, it's basically like a Jewish pilot gets shot down and it's him and his pistol with a Nazi chasing him through Nazi territory, trying to find his crew and save him and get back. Mm-hmm. And I go, this looks amazing. And I go and I start reading the script at night finally. And then I realize, like, wait a second, what was my offer for? What was the character's name? I go back. My initial offer was for the Nazi. Oh. Whoa. And now he didn't know I was Jewish, but he also just based based on the work I had done before, he's like, man, I believe you could learn enough German to do this. I've seen you do accent work. I've seen you if you like buzz your hair. I just think you could look it. I think you could embody this character. Wow. And so at first I was taken aback, like almost almost offended because I'm Jewish, but then also really highly complimented. So I'm like, wow, this guy clearly isn't putting me in the box. Uh, yeah. Box? Box? It's much like a box. It's just a little bit, it's a little bit He's softer. Putting you in the box. Put you in the box, eh? Um, so you haven't been typecast as a guy who dances and fights at the same time? No. Like, you're not getting... You're not getting dance fighting. <laughs> dance fighting. Um, what was that movie no. called? Well, but anyway, so now I'm actually playing the yeah. Jewish character after a whole slew of things. I, Whoa, what? We all, we all decided after he heard my story. My grandfather actually flew B-17 bombers in World War II, and he was shot down twice, saved his entire crew two times. Oh and this God. is basically a pilot protecting a B-17. We all get shot, shot down. Another, uh, I mean, ser- bit of serendipity in this. Like, I don't know how many more signs would point to doing a, a job. The day I got the offer, I text my dad and go, ask him some questions. I'm like, hey, he flew 17s or 52s, what was it? And my dad filled me in, he was 17s, 52s became later. But he's like, also, you know that today would have been your grandfather's birthday. The mm-hmm. day I got the offer. So, no yeah. way. I guess I don't want to talk about it too much more because we're closing the deal this week oh, and all that, but cool. knock on wood, man, I, I think this is going to go through. And I, I just think it'd be such an amazing, amazing opportunity. This film is really hope Yeah, that sounds man. great. That's amazing, dude. Thanks. Congratulations. That's so cool. Um, right. one, of the, uh, one of the things that you've done like right after, it was, um, right after the, the Nick show ended, you jumped into... Dancing with the Stars. You were the first person that I've ever met to do that show. <laughs> what the? What kind of bizarre and amazing experience is it to and do? You, a were, show you made like it to that? the finals on that, right? You, yeah, yeah, it was the, uh, the last man standing. I mm-hmm. uh, won the freestyle, which traditionally, when you win the freestyle, you win the show. I'm just saying statistically. Mm-hmm. Statistically, but um, uh, it, there is some politics at the end of that show. I was yeah. going to say mm-hmm. that much. No, look, it was so much. Who was fun. on the show with you? I mean, everyone from Cody Simpson, who was out like week three, to Drew Carey, who was out like week two or three, mm-hmm. sure. um, to Candace Cameron Bray, to, I mean, it was a really cool cast of people. Wow. Um, and the, the, um, 
anyways, it, it was bizarre at first, right? Getting your body to learn how to move in ballroom dance. I just never done that. Yeah, because yeah. you could dance, but not that style. Never have I tried that style, done any like partner sure, dancing yeah. much at all. Yeah. But anyways, once you get the hang of the basic movements, eventually it gets easier and easier because it's like mm-hmm. cut and paste. Like, hey, this movement is similar to this movement. Okay. You learn the salsa versions, the Latin versions, and the ballroom versions. But you got to spend just hours and hours and hours rehearsing if in any way you want to compete with, like, for example, the ice dancers. The Olympic oh, ice yeah. dancers are on the season. They spent their entire lives studying dance, but on ice. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even being a dick. Like, they really were amazing dancers. Yeah. yeah. So for me to try and compete, it meant my partner Peta and I just working our asses off mm-hmm. which was so much fun but you know i also don't think i would do it again yeah like how how like is it seven days a week like eight hours a day or, or what kind of schedule is i mean look I'm, I'm gonna be real right now it's like you're supposed to be limited to the rehearsal when they film you which is like six to eight hours a day mm-hmm. but anybody who wants to compete who's not a professional dancer goes and does private rehearsals after that so okay. we were dancing for 10 hours a day Whoa. Wow. plus Jesus fittings Christ. and press and all that jazz i mean it was so non-stop and so at the end of it i was filming a series called sequestered mm-hmm. so i'm yeah. literally trying to film yeah, yeah, on yeah. top of that Hulu. it just got right nuts uh, it was for Sony Crackle. Yeah, for that's Sony a Crackle. crazy right, right, right. schedule to try that's to keep for because and especially like if you're out after three weeks or whatever, then oh. it's like okay, it wasn't that bad. But you're on that for three months yeah. doing that every single day. How do you recover day? from that physically every well, I mean, day? Like, it, 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 were you taking? Put you in amazing shape, but yeah, yeah, I actually lost a ton of weight, and then I ended up pulling my back because the freestyle, my dumbass wanted to do a one-footed front front flip and then run up a wall and do a back flip. <laughs> and although I'm proud, I can say I've done two <laughs> things that no other dancer's ever done on that yeah. show, which is all I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I actually pulled a muscle in my back that for two years afterwards took me to rehab. And to this day, it still acts up once in a while. So, like, Jeez. was it worth it? Fuck yeah, because I can say I've done two things that no yeah. other dancer's ever done on that show. But also, maybe no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Did, uh, now, when you finished that Steven, show... You, you pulled a muscle uh, reaching for a bag of Fritos the other day. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I, I pulled a muscle running... In a dream the other yes, night, I, I so that's it. not good, right? When you pull that kind of muscle, um, what? Here's a here's a question for you. Uh, there was they rumored like a f- like a fucking bunch of crazy people that you and your partner were like in a relationship. Is that something that gets? Is that them doing that, or is that was that you guys kind of no, finding? That was, that was, was that a real thing? What for, was for the that? most part, they were really respectful of my personal life. Like I had a super blunt conversation when I thought I'd never do the show with mm-hmm. who I thought was like a PA. By the way, it, it turns out it was like the top executive's executive, but I'm hungover <laughs> on some like yeah. uh, layover in Chile. And like my team had convinced me, like, hey, have a conversation with them. Like, I honestly thought I was like speaking to a PA. And so I'm like, guys, I got to be real. If I did the show and I don't watch it and I probably wouldn't do it, I'm just like, this is how I was thinking at the time. I'm not going to wear any like shiny G strings. I'm not going to like, I'm going to, not going to take my shirt off every episode. And long story short, because I was so blunt, the EPs of the show are like, yo, that's cool. We're happy to have you on. And like, they didn't make me do anything. Eventually it made sense. Like, you know, for a Latin thing, we'd let my shirt open up, did it a couple times, sure, but sure, it wasn't. Sure, sure. That didn't do it that often, and like I did things my way for the most part. The one thing they did push is trying to make that a storyline for the show. Right, right. And then, like now, I was just like, yo, I'm not on here to be a reality star. Right. I'm going to talk about what I'm here to promote, which at the time was kind of like just getting away from having just done Big Time Rush for mm-hmm. seven years. Right, of course. Yeah. Um, and like anything that's my personal life that I want to speak about, like respectfully, it's just none of your fucking business. Right, sure. And that's kind of how I felt about that then. That's kind of how I feel about that now. Like Peta is such a badass person. She's married to Max with a child right now. They've got mm-hmm. a beautiful family. Um, and I'm just grateful to have met her. Like we had a great time together. 
and she taught me some amazing dance skills, and she helped me get that far. So, like, that's kind of the extent of it. That's it's good. You you've kept you've been very careful when it comes to like you know uh, letting people know too much when it comes to like relationships and things like that. What's the what's the reasoning behind that? Is is it just because I don't know anything about that stuff? Like, yeah, I, I no one's ever cared <laughs> <laughs> what, if I'm in a relationship or not. Well, I just I guess it's just that. Like what I was saying is is. I love what I do, and I'm so happy to share the majority of my life with the public. Yeah. But there are certain things that I need to keep from me. You know what I mean? There's certain things, like, I need to keep private. Um, having said that, my girlfriend Gabby right now is the first first relationship that I've ever just kind of... It's not that I haven't cared about sharing, been much more willing to share, but it's also partially because, you know, she's on social media, and she's an influencer, and, and is in mm-hmm. fitness, and we do a lot of things together that make sense to, like, kind of co-promote... Plus, like, if she's she's with me, me and in my life so much that as I'm doing more of that stuff now, which I didn't even have much of Instagram back, I think I might have technically had it, but it wasn't yeah. that yeah. relevant or, or pertinent at the time. Now, it's just kind of, I don't know, it's more of our culture, and also, if I'm deciding if I'm going to date somebody, then it yeah, I think there's, it's a little bit more acceptable in my mind, in my world, like, okay, we can share this with the world, with the world to a point, but, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to retain some privacy at some aspects of your life. You got to be a little careful sometimes. No, for sure. Um, when uh, I, kn- I know we we haven't really touched upon Nickelodeon and the world of children, but <laughs> can I just <laughs> say this? Earlier today, I posted a picture of what did I post this picture of? Because we, we Matt and me were laughing about it on the on the drive. I posted a picture of of it's a picture of me. And I'm holding what looks like, what do those look like? This looks like uh, Shrek's balls. Yeah, they look like yeah, <laughs> they look like Shrek's testicles. And I'm holding them, and I say, Shrek-sicles. I know a couple of guys that could use these, <laughs> right? That's all I posted. <laughs> and the first comment, the first comment is, "Come back, BTR." <laughs> and I wrote back, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" That's what I wrote back to this kid. It hey, is, at least they're commenting, oh, all right? At least God. No, look, I, I, anytime somebody references, like, the <laughs> band, you need to get back together, you can come back, like, two things on it. One, I'm never going to be offended by that because it was such a dope part of my past. Mm-hmm. Sure. But two, what the fans need to recognize, too, is that none of us created that band. It doesn't mean we didn't write the music and actually perform live on stage and all the stuff we actually did. But what I mean is that it's it's owned by Sony Columbia and Nickelodeon. Yeah. And literally, the biggest reason the show stopped after almost 100 episodes, because we were getting too damn old to look like we were still teenagers. Right, yeah. And, you know, to me, though, it was always all good, because I had so much fun doing that, but that was just the beginning, in many ways, the largest part of the beginning of of my career. Whereas now, it's taken me years to put together all the things that are coming to fruition now, like all the films that are coming out in the indie world, and some are making it to theaters here shortly, and then music, I mean... It is just starting to build up again. And what's exciting about that, and this is where like any fans that know me and get get my vibe and paying attention, y'all should be so excited about it. Because when this, as this is starting to work, you know what I mean? This is creating a brand that I do own, that I can never mm-hmm. stop, that I can do right. for the rest of my life. Yeah. So I'm doing this to have the ability to keep doing this for the rest of my life. Whereas if we even wanted to keep going with BTR, they would have the ability to shut it down whenever they want, which is like, that's not fun for anybody. That'd be worse for you guys versus going yeah. out when we did and now letting... All of us individually individually create what we uh, will then be able to keep doing for the rest of our lives. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, we uh, we sat down with 
Kendall, we've interviewed Kendall twice. I'm sorry once. to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> once Kid, on, love you, Kendall. Once on stage and once, uh, you know, on podcast, and then we've interviewed Logan as well. Both of them said y- about you that you are like the most professional, put together person that either of them had ever worked with. The guy who was like, who would show up, know his lines. Noah's dance parts, Noah's lyrics, Noah's harmonies, more than anybody else that they'd ever worked with. And that they were, like, super intimidated, like, when when they started working with you. Well, I take that as a huge compliment, because that is absolutely how I was during the band. That's absolutely how I am now, and that's how I'll always be. Yeah. Um, I, I, however, (laughs) have, have told the story about the day that I had lunch with you and your dad, and your dad kept saying... Look at my son's abs. Do you remember that? Do you remember when we were in, we were in an Italian restaurant? What? How drunk we was my in, dad? <laughs> a little drunk. <laughs> we were in an Italian restaurant. It was right Michael after Maslow. the show started, and he kept saying, "He kept look how you could look how beautiful my son is. Look at these abs." That doesn't sound and like my dad it, at all. Oh, he was very very excited I, I about. Just, your I abs. don't remember any of this, this but thanks, Dad. Said. I worked hard for him. Yeah. He was very no no no. He's he loves um, you. He's a great guy. Fun. No, he, he he loves me to death. Yeah. Um. Now you know what it is. Uh, Dude, I, you know, I think part of this is growing up in theater. You cannot bullshit your way when it's live. Sure. Right? And so I also didn't, you know, I don't have a family member that's in the industry. I don't come from a ton of money. Like, I came into this by hard work. It's the only thing yeah. I've ever known. It's the only way that I believe I'll be able to continue to do this. And I, want, I plan on singing and acting for the rest of my life. So when it comes to work, you know, I, I, I absolutely enjoy everything I do, but I'm never going to show up on set and not know my lines and probably know your lines because mm-hmm. I want to be to deliver the best fucking version of that as I possibly can. I'm never going to show up to dance rehearsal and then start to work. No, you work at home before you get there because you know what it is? It's, it's just respect. It's respect to yourself and then to everyone else around you so you're not wasting anybody's time. The amount of times that I show up and like if, in my, if my band members now showed up and then started learning the music, I would fire them on the spot. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Because they need to want to be there. This industry is fucking tough. And you have to want it more than the next person, the person next to you, and the person next to them. You know what I mean? And just there's always going to be somebody better than you. There's always going to be somebody prettier than you, more talented naturally, whatever it is. Myself very much included. The only way that you're going to be able to get there, much less stay there, is to outwork the other person. Doesn't mean I don't enjoy it, dude. We go party and I will drink you under the table. I have a ton of fucking fun. I travel. I still, I've learned to find some balance, but it will always be with working my ass off at the forefront because I got no, no fallback plan. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love it. I don't know. Steven, do you think there's somebody out there that's prettier than you? Who? I don't know. <laughs> prettier than me? Well, not, I didn't I mean know. Steven. I just, <laughs> generally he, speaking, you're talking about. you and I, but. Yeah, but Steven, he's the one. He's the one who shows up. You're like, oh, well, I guess I'm not the most handsome one here. Well, well, well. But you know what's interesting, though? Like, on that, we don't have to dwell on this for too long. There still are some people that have this mindset, like, oh, when you're an artist, like, you've got to not give a shit, and you've got to just be fucked up or high all the time or, like, show up. You know, like, that's what an artist is, man. That's, fuck that. No. Fuck that noise. Put me in front of a, a guitar or a piano or on stage or in a script. Like, that's what I fucking do against any other artist. Like, I am so competitive. Bring that shit on. Doesn't mean I can't also run a huge business on the side and be polite to people and be on time, be early, and know my shit. Like you can do both. I just, I just don't conform to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. No. I always I, that's that's something that people don't always get 
about you, and then I they did get it. They did get it once. Uh, once you were on uh, Celebrity Big Brother, Big Brother yeah. and everyone was like, "Oh wow, James is very very competitive," and like he yeah. he like he'll like not win something just to prove a point. I like, purposely threw <laughs> every single one of those things just to stay on the show. Okay, first, were so of all, by that shit. first of they, all, because they almost voted you off like the first night. Oh, I was ninety eight percent gonna go home. I had to be so creative to flip that house. I haven't even spoken about this much. I had not ever watched Big Brother in my life. I'd never seen the show before you were on the show. I watched every single episode that you Love were it. on. Love okay, it. I watched every episode of the show until it was done. And, like, uh, it took me a little bit of time to figure out, like, oh, you have to suck at this. You have to, like, suck at stuff to be able to, like, oh, then you you're can't not a be good. You can't no, be, like, really good at stuff. In the regular season... I think I would have crushed the regular season, or if I didn't do what I actually do, which is, you know, sing and act and have to have this public eye on me outside of that show. If I wanted to make a deal with Omarosa, like, Mm -hmm. I could have very well stayed on, could have very well had a better chance of winning. If I want to stab people in the back and play the game like the way that Ross did respectfully, he knows what he did, right? It's no secret. But we're not talking about how Ross Matthews stabbed people in the back. It doesn't mean he's not a friend of mine. I adore him and I love him. But... I'm not willing to have that associated with me as a person. And a lot of people will not differentiate between the game and what you as a person is willing to do in but the game it's, it's, and what you as a person is willing to do outside of it. It's basically a game show. Yeah, so like, you say you stab that, people in the back on the show, it doesn't mean you're a backstabber in real life. I don't know that everybody feels that way. I gotta be honest. Mm-hmm. Because if you were just nobody who's on the show and you needed that quarter million dollars yeah. to save your fucking life, like, it's one thing. When you're coming in the show in our position, where it's like, dog, the money's great, but like... You don't really have to do any of this. I yeah. think yeah. it's different. Mm-hmm. I think the stakes are very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the way that people were looked at on that show, or the way that people come off, like they talk about every single article, Matt. Like every article yeah. about the show was talking about the people's personalities, not yeah. about the challenges or what no, they were doing. Yeah, of course, the celebrity like, version had nothing to do with the regular version. It's no. such a different game. So, it's how so did, brutal. How did you wind up on that show? Like, did they call your reps or? Yeah, how, no, how did the whole thing happen. Um, it was some of the same people that had worked at ABC. You know, I've just been, I worked with, with them on other things, and they hit me mm-hmm. up with, hey, we'd, we're doing this crazy thing. Les Moonves actually is, like, helping pick the people. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he they've been wanting to do this show, Celebrity Version, yeah. forever. And when somebody at that level, if you guys don't know who that is, Google yeah. it. Yeah. Somebody at that yeah. fucking level calls yeah. you up and goes, hey, would you mind doing this for the network? You, you generally say absolutely. Yeah. Besides, Now, because they've done Celebrity <clears throat> Big Brother in the U.K. before. But Very not here. different show, though. That one yeah. really is about the drama. They get them hard alcohol every day. Like, yeah. this was different. They let us dictate what happened in the show. Mm-hmm. Less brandy, like nobody really drank a whole lot, and they limited the liquor there anyways. Um, it was just different, man. But as you guys are pointing out, people's real personalities still came through. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yeah. came through. And I think that's what's surprising. Like, if I had, you know, on that note of brandy, engaged and been fighting and quibbled all the time and been adolescent and said mean things... Do you think people would have st- gone, oh, James only said that because he was on the show? Hell no. People would have gone, oh, James Maslow is going to say mean things and he's yeah. an asshole. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. The same way you played the game. That doesn't stay in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like one of the things that I got from you is uh, a, p- a couple people said after, like, it was like maybe like a couple episodes. And do, we, no, we, before I even say this, did you could you watch the show that was airing? Oh no! While you were no, in no, no, no! You have no idea what's going on. Your cell phone. No, so yeah. you have no phone. You have no connection. No connection at all. We didn't know who won the Super Bowl for a, a week after oh, until they shit. told us. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you like? Could you kind of tell the way that 
Did you have any way of telling the way that that you were being seen? Did you adjust no. yourself in, in any? In no, any no, no, no. You have no that? concept what's going on. In fact, no joke. A lot of people's biggest concern when we first came out of the house is like, "Yo, did did my dick slip out of my pants at any point?" Because they're filming us twenty four seven. I shit you not. <laughs> Think about it though. You don't know. Yeah. And let's say it had. You know what I mean? If you accidentally you're changing the showers, you're being filmed twenty four seven, y'all, and it's online twenty four seven. It's a real concern. Yeah, like, like, is this is this all over the news? Is this be a, sleeping a James Nigel dick pic on the internet. You wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even know. It'd be dick pics yeah. everywhere, right? <laughs> so yeah, you yeah. have no idea. And that's you're sleeping on a set. You're that's what people don't realize. Set? I don't mean it, yeah. they were they were treated us great for the most part, like fully understanding it's a game, right? But what I didn't expect going in there is like it's very much a set to the point where like, even like the sheets are glued together. They're not even sewn. Mm-hmm. It's like a very odd. Like imagine being on the set of Big Time Rush yeah. when you had like fake bedrooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was really no different except like the stove worked. Was it uncomfortable to to sleep in there? Like, are the beds comfortable? Is it just like physically? They were fine. Awkward, I mean, or? it was I, for me. I don't care about that stuff that much. Like, I was the youngest mm-hmm. guy, so like, I didn't expect to get any. Tr- I kept switching around beds, giving people the nice rooms. You know, mm-hmm. I, well, what am I going to do? I'm the youngest one. I'm always going to be yeah. a gentleman in that regard. But like, none of them were super comfortable, so it didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. God, that is the that has got to be just such a bizarre, so strange. How weird feeling. is Metal World Peace in person? Matt is the sweetest dude in person. Like, yeah. the sweetest freaking dude in person. Like, if you guys have any chance to meet him, or if we go out, I'll invite him. I mean, he's couldn't be nicer. He recognizes everything he's ever done in his past. Mm-hmm. There's nothing he won't talk about. Yeah. And he's got a book he just uh, is coming out with. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I, forward I, by Phil Jackson. I can't wait. Oh, wow. yeah. But he'll also, like, he just, he wants to promote other people. Like, when I've, uh, my, my single All Day just came out, he was the first mm-hmm. one to post about it everywhere. Wow. Just. He even spoke about my single falling when I was on the show. I mean, mm-hmm. the dude is just a rock star, and uh, I'm just very happy to have him as a friend these days. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a great guy. He definitely yeah, did he, not want to be on that show, though. He, <laughs> really? Yeah, well, he wanted to get home to his family, right? You know what? Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, I don't know if I can get in trouble for saying <laughs> this or not. Say it. <laughs> so, I mean, people love Big Brother, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody who's ever signed up for Big Brother... Wouldn't dream of leaving because they want to be the last one that yeah. stays, right? That's the mm-hmm. whole idea. Right. Yeah. The last one there gets to win the money and gets the like. Yeah, you've won the social game of chess. And Meta wanted nothing more than to leave. In fact, <laughs> might have actually left the soundstage through an emergency exit once or twice. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Production would never air this because they don't even want to, like you to think it's possible but like there's emergency exits yeah. but like maybe to assume like an alarm goes off there has like, to be no yeah. so like the first time we hear about it I don't know what he's talking about I'm, I'm sure if I get an email from CBS I'm sorry guys I'm not trying to blow you up but <laughs> like we spoke about this all the time in the live feed so I know it's not the first time that like diehard sure. fans yeah. know about this I've heard about I've heard it I've heard this before yo so the first time I, I hear about it um, someone's like yo like you know meta like left whatever like last time like what does that mean like you can't leave. <laughs> like, i don't know what that do you means go? yeah you can't leave and so like later i'm talking to him I'm like wait what are they saying like you bounce out of here it's like oh yeah man no like you can get through the door back there i walked out i was just kind of looking at you guys through the outside of the windows you know <laughs> and the sound guy came up and like said what's up and then he fucking shit his pants and like what <laughs> can you imagine oh being like the sound guy that's walking God. backstage yeah, where, by the way nobody can see you and metal world piece is enormous and he's just standing on <laughs> your side of the prison cell you know like, your side of the bars you know just going like hey what's up meta oh shit like you think, <laughs> were there are, are there crew people that are allowed onto the set? No, that you guys. Are, so you so guys there's no like camera mirrors. guys or they anything. They can all see you from the other side. God, wow, so there's nobody in the room with a camera or anything. Nobody. What about wow. food? How do you get food? Do they? They bring it's like a two way door that they'll mm-hmm. lock the the pantry, and they bring in a bunch of food once a week or twice a week. Then they lock from the other side, and you go in, you cook your own damn food. 
Oh wow. my god. It's like, did you ever see? Okay, it's you know the dude. It's the craziest it's nuts. thing I've ever heard. You, you guys know the show Black Mirror, of course. But the <laughs> yeah, guy that yeah, made Black sure. Mirror, before that, he has. You he can find it on Netflix. There's a <laughs> yeah, show, Bryce. I think it's five or six oh. episodes, and it's like a Big Brother show in the UK, but then a zombie attack happens while the people are in like their big brother house so oh, they don't I've... know that it's going on That's and it's awesome. about how that happens and then the zombies break into the big brother house that they're oh in oh my god you gotta check it out I forget what it's called we All actually right. joked about that being a show while we were in there I didn't know this was a yeah, real show but that's like a we th- spoke about this we thought this was our idea yeah oh, that's, that's amazing it's really good It's it's it was very entertaining Um, and it was, he made that like five or six years ago and it's just like so you see what happens like society is falling apart on the outside world these people are just like in their house like and also we the power kept joking about that because yeah. for days at a time you wouldn't yeah, you, you only speak there. to a producer through a camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes they're just unavailable. Like they purposely just let, let you go dark for like two, three days. That's probably their psychological game. 100%. It's part yeah. of the pressure cooker. Once again, like it, it wasn't them treating us badly. That, that is part of the game. But for days at a time, you'd sit there wondering, like, is anybody actually there? Is everybody yeah. in the rest of the world like, was there a yeah, like virus? The, it, not, was there a nuclear attack? And we don't know. Wouldn't know. We we're on a soundstage. Maybe it didn't yeah. get to us. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's uh, nuts. Yeah, we had. We talked to, when we did Kate Quigley's podcast a long yeah. time ago, we, there was a guy from Big Brother that I remember was being interviewed. He talked about how, like, on that show, what they do is before, or not Big Brother, on uh, The oh, Bachelor. on Bachelor. So they, they lock you they up. They sequester you in a hotel room by yourself for, like, three days with no phone, no TV, yeah, yeah. nothing, before they release you onto the show. Sure. So they're, like, stir-crazy. And they pump you full of liquor. And just, like... Well, and does, it's like yeah. just the whole yeah, point that show of that. Does. Yeah. Here, I'm going to ask, I'm yeah. going to run through some of the people that were on the show. That way you can give me some impressions of some cool. of these people. Let's All right. It. Omarosa. I never want to be on Omarosa's bad side. <laughs> wow. We're friends. She, she texts me here and again. We keep in touch. Mm-hmm. She's a love. She treated me so well. Was so lovely to me. Less a couple little instances on the show. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, where she tried to get a rise because that you know she kind of just tested everybody. Yeah, but um, she's she's seen some shit. Yeah, she said some stuff on that show too. Oh, yeah. They no, didn't air. Was, yeah, she was. Oh, what? The, they um, didn't air. There was but a lot of stuff air? about. I mean, about the Trump White House or. There's stuff about Vegas, about the shooting, about like she was in the Situation Room and she was telling us oh, details really? about that. So there was an. A, you, Whoa. Even though we're filmed all the time, there was only one, one little thing that even. Even diehard Big Brother fans may yeah. not know about. When it goes dark and you're like looking at the fish tank, it's because they're doing something in the house. So they have people doing maintenance work, mm-hmm. or they're doing <clears throat> block uh, blocking with stand-ins for the actual live show, and they're not going to show you any of that, and they don't want us to hear any of that. So they sequester yeah. us up in the HOH room, and they play music. It's the only time we listen to music. Okay. So my point is, even though there are cameras there that can technically film us, uh, they're playing they music, hear. so they'd never use the audio over that. Yeah. And like, if something wild happens, they'd shut the music off. But before something wild happens, you're just talking low key, and they're not paying attention because mm-hmm. you're doing all this. You can kind of say whatever you want then. And Omarosa is a bright lady, and she knew when to have those conversations, and it was during that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Whoa. wow. Let's just say, I mean, I don't. It's like I feel bad repeating things that didn't get aired, but at the same mm-hmm. time, anything could have been aired, right? Yeah. So anything that she said, she knew could have been aired the entire world. And Vegas, for example, she spoke about two separate hotels, not one, and five shooters, not one, and not the shooter that is being on, portrayed on the TVs. But here's, I don't mean to put that out there as truth, because here's what you got to understand. One thing I did learn about Omaros as well. She lied so easily for the game when she needed to. Yeah. It's impossible to know when she was telling the truth when she wasn't. Sure. Even when yeah. we did um, the talk afterwards or the whole thing, yeah. we're done yeah. playing the game. 
And I called her out on something, and she kept lying about it. Whoa. And the game was over. So here's the thing. She knows what happened. She was in the Situation Room at the White House. But whether she was telling the whole truth, part of the truth, or none of the truth, you just don't know. But she said things like that that were mind-blowing. Jesus Christ. And could that be her just planting seeds of that things that she was going to play TV as part of the game? thing of playing the game because she's mm-hmm. damn good at being a reality she TV really villain. That's, that's where she's six, that, she's made a huge living, right? That's what she, that, that's really and what so everybody I say knows that out of yeah. respect. I never want to be that person because I don't think I have that in me morally to like mm-hmm. be able to lie or whatever, but yeah. she can stir stuff up at she's any good at time it. and she can turn it on and off on a dime. She's mm-hmm. so good at it. Jeez. So good. Yeah, you, uh, my favorite, this is totally off subject, but it's, I mean, it's on subject. One of my favorite moments from the entire Celebrity Big Brother is when so, uh, someone had to work out. It was, I believe it was Mark McGrath had to work out. And he was <laughs> like, I need some music while I'm working out. And so you, they put your head in like a little bubble in the corner. And then you like made up a song. Yeah, the producer and I had fun with that one. God damn it, that was funny. <laughs> That's like, that was like, one. there's like a couple moments of you on that show where I was like, oh, James Maslow. Keep going. Too loud. A helicopter flying overhead. Yeah, we are outside, we are outside recording this on the patio. Yeah. Uh, th- there are a couple moments on that show where I saw you. I I saw you, baby. Where I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is a. F- I was like, James Maslow is a funny motherfucker. Like I appreciate you that. were. You did a couple. There's a couple times where also like th- people would go like, oh, J- James is like thinks he's all that or whatever. You know, they'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. and it was like because you would say something kind of like you slam someone or you'd say something kind of mean and yeah. funny. And I was like, dude, you know what role I would love to see you do? And I've said this for years, but like you being you playing an asshole in a comedy is like. It's like gold. Like it, it, I know it hasn't happened yet, it. but it needs to well, happen. You know, I, even though it's a small role, when I got to play my character on Sequestered, he kind of was like a billionaire asshole. And funny enough, to this day, like my team says that's their favorite tape of me at all. Yeah, or, er, ever. So I totally get that. Um, you're no, so I appreciate that. you're so funny though. I well, thought look, you were to, to defend myself in terms of people who actually thought I was being an asshole. No. As no, you could tell by the way that I conducted myself, it was me, but it was a very tame version of me. But look, I always try to be a gentleman. Having said that, it was also a fucking game, and you yeah. need to have fun. And mm-hmm. jumping into the, the DR, the diary room, where we get to do all these things directly to camera, yeah. was the only catharsis that anybody had. Totally. So instead of being actually mean, I had fun with it, because it's ridiculous that people <laughs> took this shit yeah. so seriously. And is that your only time away from other people? Like 100% your yeah, only time. Yeah, because you can't get away. F- like, it's a small area. Like, it's... You have no... Yeah. You can walk to the other side of the room, but you're never alone. No, I mean, maybe you'll get if the backyard's open for a minute. And nobody happens to be there mm-hmm. for five minutes. Maybe I'll five minutes a piece. But like, yeah, no. or you just go to the bathroom and it's like the bathroom's like shared. There, it's shared, so they can yeah. just walk in. No, there's a door on the God. shitter, and that's wow. about it. What about uh, Mark McGrath? Mark's awesome. He's a great guy, right? Just great mm-hmm. dude. Super nice. We Super met him great. at Walgreens. We did meet him at Walgreens <laughs> at an opening of a Walgreens. Oh, very he exciting. Went to an opening of a Walgreens. <laughs> Mark McGrath was there. Life. Kurt Russell was there. <laughs> Who else was there? Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw. Oh, that's fun. Fergie. Fergie. It was. Uh, wow, it's a. It was a big, big Walgreens budget opening. Walgreens it was a opening. big. It was the one at Hollywood and uh, Vine. I believe. Sunset and Vine. Sunset oh. and Vine. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a nice Walgreens. I've, and they was, all got paid like a lot of money to go. They paid so much money, James. And I'm standing here next <laughs> to Terry Bradshaw. And I go, can you believe this? And he goes, yeah, if I wasn't getting paid 50 grand, I wouldn't be here. How much they pay you? And I go, oh, about the same. <laughs> <laughs> Just lying through my ass. Uh, what about uh, Marissa? Marissa's uh, a sweetheart. Sweetheart. Mm-hmm. She's, so, she's so nice. Um, we're so overdue for a dinner, Marissa, if you're listening to this. Way to yeah, follow Marissa, up. pull it together. Way to follow up. Okay, and then uh, Brandy Glanville. Now, this this woman... You kind of had a little feud like, with her at the, from like the from opening like moment. The get-go. They're just... Like, your button heads. Literally from night one. Yeah. I didn't do shit, guys. Watch the tape. What is All this? Right? Ladies, she just what had... What was her problem? I, that's what she does, guys. It's that's, just because yeah, like she's a real thing? housewife. Is she a real housewife? She's, she was yeah. a real housewife. I don't think she's on the show anymore. That's how she got started. I think right? she was. Sure they divorced let me say this in a way that yeah. y'all will completely understand. She was such a real housewife. She was too much of a real housewife for the real housewives. <laughs> <laughs> she is no longer yeah. on that show. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, I think she means well most of the time. I do. I took most of her jabs as just an adolescent version. She knows what plays well on reality TV, and that's what she was giving. But that's also like that's what she's always done. She kind of pioneered stirring up drama Mm -hmm. and doing that whole thing. And I just like you guys know me. I have no, I have no reason to stir up drama. I don't like drama. If we're gonna get into like a witty banter. Fantastic. If you want to insult me in a funny way and it's somewhat cerebral, I will play with you all fucking day long. But you're going to come up and just be like, I don't like you. You're an asshole. I'm going to go, <laughs> all right, super creative, sweetheart. Thanks. Yeah. Chat to you uh, never. Yeah, there's like nothing there. There's absolutely yeah. nothing there, which made it yeah, easy yeah. for me not to engage for the most part. Yeah. But yeah, it was surprising. Um, having said that, look, it could have been an entire cast of Brandy Glanville's, and mm-hmm. I'm so grateful it wasn't because then I would have lost my shit. Everyone yeah. else, that for the most part, was so great that, you know, dealt with one. And even then, like, look, I see her out, out and about. I'll give her a hug. We're fine. Mm-hmm. She even said something nice about my single all day there on Twitter. So thank you, Brandy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's with about her, where we're at. I think it's an act for, for the cameras. I think that's what she's doing But it's purpose, an act right? that never stops. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, like, you, you tell a lie enough, it becomes the truth. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's like, I see the good, but she doesn't yeah. really ever show it. It's deep, deep down. Well, before we wrap up, we got to talk about a couple, a couple of little things. Uh, I was in the mall. And I'm walking through oh, the lovely. mall, and uh, and I saw, saw James Maslow headphones for sale oh. in the mall in Irvine, I believe. Nice. I was at the Irvine Mall. Did you buy a pair? Were, I I did. I always support. Huh? Always support my friends. <laughs> sounds like a lie, right it now. Sounds like a lie. Uh, <laughs> I'm wearing James Maslow headphones how do right you, now. Also a lie. How how have you <laughs> diversified as far as like finding other ways of? Uh, like what? What have you done to? How like, do you make money, James? How do you make money? Like how have you <laughs> continued to make money and and do? You know, look, what you I, do? I, I was. Yeah. You remember my old manager, Billy? Yes. Huge caricature of a person, but a huge, huge sweetheart. Um, don't work with him anymore. Haven't for years. But you know, he got me into real estate and and the benefits of investing into mm-hmm. something tangible that there's only so much left of. And knock on a wood, that's been a big part of my portfolio. And has done well for me. That's great. Um, outside of that, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm about to, to jo- join up with a new merch company, and I'm excited about launching that. But right now, it's not that's not so much geared about making money on that side. That's geared about building my brand, mm-hmm. giving my fans stuff that they can engage with physically, beyond just engaging me socially. Just had an app come out, my own app, and just did like a mixer earlier today. We get to talk with people one on one, do FaceTimes. Like, Whoa. I'm trying to invest into my own brand more than anything. Are you but still? It, are you doing Patreon anymore? Or are you done? I do Patreon. Um, I might be ramping that up in the near future, but. I guess my point is that in order to invest into my brand and do that independently at this point, it means being creative in my portfolio outside of just music and acting. Mm-hmm. Now, I still do make you know money doing movies, mm-hmm. and that's great, but as I scale that up to the big, big money and as I get music back up to playing arenas, right? Yeah. it means being creative with investing your money and, and other things yeah. up until then. So um, maybe work with some brands in the near future, which can always be helpful to offset cost, but... Yeah, I mean, just yeah. being so smart like with when, investments. When big time rush ends, is that terrifying? That it's like you had this steady paycheck where you're like, oh, this money's coming in every single month. I know exactly what I'm getting. And all of a sudden, that stops. Can I answer that? I know for <laughs> yes. you it's terrifying. <laughs> Very scary. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Um, I think it's scarier years later if you mm-hmm. haven't saved anything and you yeah. haven't been smart. I, I think that every young actor has this false expectation that they're going to get a series so easily yeah. as soon as they're done with this series because this series is a hit. Yeah, because you started, you were 18 when that started? Yeah, it was like 17, 18. So, like, well, you had need to realize is that yeah. you're known for that series, that series is a hit, you need to prove yourself all over again if you're going to mm-hmm. play a different character in another series. Yeah. So, totally. no, building the brand overall is definitely helpful, and you'll have some fans following you, not all of which are going to like what you do next. They liked what you did then. So, as, you know, we've all had to do, and you, you've got to rebrand yourself still true to yourself in some way but that's that's different and equally or more enticing you know and mm-hmm. it, you're not going to always have every fan follow you but the idea is and you make new fans yeah and hopefully you do both but look with my new music it doesn't mean like my song all of a sudden has been platinum no i've got to work very hard be playing shows small shows radio shows all sorts of stuff and take years and keep doing it and doing it and doing it to build that catalog back up to go and get the pna to do it at a even fraction of the level of before mm-hmm. but i believe in it and it's starting to work and it's exciting and as I said, you invest in other things and you have a long-term game plan. My game plan was never about, oh, within one year I'm going to have my own series and be the biggest movie star in the world and have the biggest single in the world. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Game plan was always many years down the line. In fact, it was purposefully taking a couple of years out of the public eye because I was looked at as too, back then, very much public perception was too much, oh, young, Nickelodeon, goofy. Whereas now, when I go out in the carpet, it's like Getty's excited. It's like I'm a young man to them. It's They, they had a break totally. enough. And I have the projects, music, and movies all to back it up now. Right. So at least I'm starting to. Um, and look, by the way, far from perfect in terms of understanding this shit, time will tell. But mm-hmm. and you got to be fluid. There's no question. Shit changes. But my game plan has always been long-term, brick by brick, doing stuff right. I think that's what builds stability and longevity. That's really so mm-hmm. smart. You're so smart, James. Well, time will tell. I'm knocking some yeah. fucking wood over here. Um so when you get big timers, you'd been acting in like community theater and stuff like that, but you hadn't when really young, been yeah. in anything big. Oh no, no, he had been on iCarly. You had done oh, yeah, iCarly. iCarly. Right, yeah, I'd right, done right, some right. small TV stuff, some independent film, but no, of course. But Big that Time was Rush like was one I of mean, the biggest. Overnight, your life changes the day that that hits the air, right? Yes, I suppose if there's any overnight aspect to it, it's that. But um, I mean, you worked you hard understand. to get to that point. But I'm just yeah. saying, like. Before the public had seen what James Maslow really does, because like you'd been a couple guest spots here and there, whatever, but then all of a sudden you're exposed to this wide audience. Do you go from just being like, "Hey, I'm a regular 18 year old. I can walk around the mall," to all of a sudden like, "Oh no, I can't go Christmas shopping this year because it's too crazy." Like, does that happen? Yeah, I mean, 
it did happen, but what's interesting is that we worked so damn much. We didn't have much time to experience just being out and about. Yeah. We were filming a single camera show and then having and then police going to hours a week. Yeah. yeah. Then having it's police long. escorts to the airport to make our flight to go somewhere and play two shows on the East Coast mm-hmm. to fly back and be on set at six AM. So like yes, when we're playing shows and the music aspect, like you have security and you see the fandemonium and mm-hmm. that's amazing, but for five, six, seven years, I didn't have a whole lot of time to just go to the mall. Yeah, I think yeah, that's right. the biggest thing to change is so you your couldn't time even, management. You couldn't even go do normal stuff because you just didn't have time to do it. Yeah, it was really only after the show. Like even, dude, I just went to New Orleans for a bachelor party this past weekend, and the first coffee shop I walk into just to get, you know, the the, the girl working there, young twenties, mm-hmm. freaked the fuck out. And yeah. I f- sometimes forget because when we live in LA, like nobody cares in LA or New York. Like there's celebrities sure. everywhere. I mean, for the most part, you know, I get stopped on occasion. We go anywhere else, and that's almost a reminder now of like, wow, this impacted a lot of lives. Yeah, yeah, um, totally, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, of all the countries that you've traveled to, because uh, you've gotten to travel all over the world, where is uh, top three? Top three favorite places you've gotten to travel to? I gotta say, Mexico City has always been the most fun to play. Mm-hmm. Totally, because they're just they embrace music and especially pop music and my music even now. You know, you went Mexico. Um, <clears throat> Congratulations, Mexico! So you did it. So fun. <laughs> well done, Mexico. <laughs> um, then being down in like Brazil, like Rio, I've had some of the most fun of my life. Um, okay, Brazil, not bad. Number two, pretty good. And then, yep. Look, I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, the little European run this past year. And Italy was so much freaking fun. So much freaking fun. I want to go back there. That there show go, sold Italy. out so quickly. I was just in Milan, um, yeah. and I want to travel all over. So suck at Portugal. Suck at <laughs> <again>, Portugal. <laughs> what about Netherlands? Have you done Netherlands? I did the Netherlands. So oh, much fun. They Utrecht. love you Utrecht. Yo, actually, I, I did. So by the way, anybody's listening right now, I put out a, a remix. My boy Trifor did a remix of my song, How I Like It. Mm-hmm. It went number one in the Netherlands. Wow. Holy and I haven't even posted crap. about this. I really should. It went number one. I mean, it beat everybody. Um, mm-hmm. it's just insane. So I'm excited about that. That's Obviously, cool. I need to go back to the Netherlands um, and play some music over there. So it's very EDM, very much thinking of the vein of music they dig over there. But um, I need to go because a friend of ours I just moved say, there. So. I've been having some remixes yeah. of my song All Day come out soon. Oof. Netherlands, get ready. At least the first one is definitely going to be your style of music. I love your new music. I think it's mm-hmm. awesome. Are you, you writing a lot of your new stuff, or how, how is that going? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm doing co-writes. I'm, I mean, I'm very open to working with different producers and songwriters. But like my first album, I wrote and produced just about every single song with you know one other person for the most part. Um, and now I'm I'm you know taking some submissions, but for the most part, still in the studio, just writing, creating. I think it's the most natural way mm-hmm. to create music for myself. Yeah, to be doing it. It's awesome. Do you have a tour coming up anytime soon? Like you go in places? We, we want to. We don't know exactly how it's going to go. We're looking at maybe doing some radio shows, maybe doing something in Latin America. Um, I might even do a little pop-up thing and just do something in the East Coast because I haven't really played much in the States since this new stuff. Mm -hmm. So look at all the options, but trust me, guys, I'm working on it. I want nothing more than to be back on the road playing music. Hey, I know we got a lot of artists and a lot of musicians that listen to the nighttime show and have uh, been on the nighttime show, but I'll tell you what a lot of them are missing. They're missing merch, okay? And it is very easy to have an amazing merch store with artist shops by Threadless. Just add your art to hundreds of clothing, accessories, and home decor items in just minutes. Plus, it's fully customizable so you can make your shop totally unique to your style. But the best part is, here's the best part, it's 100% free to sign up. Zero minimums, zero monthly fees. You even set your own prices so you can control how much money goes into your pocket. And with millions of dollars paid to artists to date, there is a lot of moolah to be made, okay? Artists, designers. 
designers, podcasters, free up all the time that you'd be spending at the post office, shipping, dealing with customer service, and put it towards what you love, being creative, okay? Threadless takes care of the rest of it. And with 100,000 shop owners and 4 million users, just join the party. Head to artistshops.com forward slash SKG to sign up right now. That's artistshops.com forward slash SKG to sign up right now. Also, the Nighttime Show partnered with Threadless, so whew, we have something amazing. You need to go check it out. We got mugs, shower curtains, uh, I mean, T-shirts, sweaters, anything you can imagine. We have it for sale, Nighttime Show style. Go check it out. It's thenighttimeshow.threadless.com. That's thenighttimeshow.threadless.com. And check out our store with all of our cool stuff. It's so awesome. Let's get back to the show. Okay, I have three weird questions to ask you before we wrap things up. Question number one, what is the weirdest thing that you have purchased in your, uh, since your career has taken off? It can, be, it can be anything. Weirdest, coolest, weirdest or coolest thing you have purchased since your I, career has taken off. I don't know what the weirdest, off. I mean the coolest to me was when I could afford my baby grand. That's the first, Hell after I bought yes. <laughs> My first house, the first piece of furniture I bought was a baby grand that is actually still sitting in this place right it's over a beautiful here. Beautiful piano. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's the coolest, the coolest damn thing. I always wanted a piano. I didn't have one growing up. Um, I still have the first keyboard I ever got. My dad bought me a Yamaha what? that I literally <laughs> played like on stage at the hotel cafe the other weekend. Yeah. I mean, still works. It's still so badass. I love it. Fifteen years later. Do you have any weird like collectibles? <laughs> any of that kind of stuff? The weirdest, the weirdest thing I've purchased that I can talk about. On here, Batman? <laughs> Batman was a gift. That was a gift from a fan. It was one of the, like, yeah, some like rare original Batman. Super dope. That's super cool. Um, all right, all right. All right. Here, I got another one for you. Um, worst date. You don't have to say who it was with, but worst date you've had since your career has taken off. Worst date. Um. I mean, look, when I was, I'm, I'm not single right now. I've got a beautiful girlfriend, but I've been on some pretty, uh, pretty ridiculously dumb dates, <laughs> especially when like trying to date uh, younger people. Hold on one second. We could, I hate to cut this. My guardhouse <laughs> is calling. My guitarist is coming through right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got to stick around okay. here a little acoustic version all day. Sure. Hey there. Is that Dan? <laughs> oh, you can send him on in. Thank you. That's how they keep the fangirls out right oh, there. Oh, yeah. Um, they keep don't the even try. Out. Don't even yeah, try, ladies. Good. Don't Unless, even try but now you know, just say you're Dan and you're his guitarist, <laughs> <laughs> and then you can get right in. Um, sorry, uh, weirdest <laughs> date. <laughs> I actually had a girl come roll up that like was like a friend of a friend, and like they were just like, "Hey, she's like in the neighborhood. I guess you should meet." And like literally, was like so random. I'm like, oh, "Okay, yeah, she's super duper hot. At least look that way." Mm-hmm. And like I'm having like dinner with one of my best friends, and they're they're dating. It's a guy and a girl, and like they're some of my best friends. And so I was like, well, she can just like roll through, I guess. I'm like, such an inappropriate place to have what would be considered like a first date. Yeah. So I'm out to dinner, like some of my best friends casually. Mm-hmm. I would just even think twice about it. I'm like, yeah, I guess she can like roll through and just comes in and like was so, I don't even know the right way to say this. First of all, it didn't look anything like her photo. <laughs> oh, no. You got catfished. Nothing at all. It's it's like. Oh, no. I was kind of catfished, but by, like, by a friend too. Or, like yeah. I didn't get it. 
It's almost like they saw what? through like the Instagram filter, like when they're looking at their own mm-hmm. friend. I mean, it's so obnoxious. Then we're just like sitting on her phone the whole time. Yeah. Which to mm-hmm. me is just such a buzzkill. Like such like, a. And doing? then my poor yeah. friends are sitting there like trying not to be rude, like trying to have conversation, and I'm sitting there going like, I don't know why I said yes to yeah, this. You got nothing. Like, yeah. Oh, were you like ever on like? Blind uh, date. Oh, weird. Were you ever on like Raya or Tinder or any of those apps? Like, did you ever do that like for a time? Like, because Ray is the celebrity one, right? Did you? That's a yes. That's a yes, James. I might have had Araya for a minute. That's a yes. Oh, man. Did you meet anybody on there? Do not currently. Well, of course not now, but I'm saying. I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. That's fine. That's a yes. Yes, he did. We've had a few people on the show that have been on that that are very famous. Yeah. Oscar winners. Big star. We've had some Oscar winners. A couple couple Grammy winners. winners. Emmy Award just, you know what though yeah. it's, it's the same bullshit as every other app like I don't know it's exclusive <laughs> I'm, I've, no, I've actually never been on other apps but like I know Tinder is supposed to be like hookups or whatever like Raya is just a fancy version of that guys yeah. it's, yeah. the same. it's, the same it's just like it, you know what it is like even though it's supposed to be like more attractive people or something it, it adds such an aspect of shallowness to it where people are literally just looking to meet celebrities I yeah. mean that that's not the type of person I want to be with you know what I mean it's like was it fun at times sure when you're single mm-hmm. and like you want to meet a pretty person, go to a party. It's just, but so it was like a menu for you. Life. You could just flip through the menu, and be like, "I'll take uh, that." You one. still got to like each other and all that, but <laughs> I mean, a, it's kind of it's a well, so Come on, James, admit it. every white swipe from you was a match every single time, every single time. Am <laughs> right, James? That's a yes. A lot, a lot of them were matches. <laughs> You're a beautiful man, <laughs> it's a yes, James. James. No, it's just, Everyone uh, knows that. Um, Let's wrap this up with something else, perhaps. <laughs> all right, you have your third weird question. All right, I got yeah. yeah. All right, last there last question, last question. Um. Uh, do you uh, do you have a favorite uh, do you have a favorite former cast member? You're just making something up right now. Better <laughs> be good. It up. Yeah. Do you have a favorite former cast member from Big Time Rush? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> who was the first person from? Uh, who who is the? Okay, no. I'm trying to come up <laughs> you with got something nothing, good. I thought you had three. I'm trying to come up with a good last one. All right, last one. All right. Um. Uh, Don't fa- fuck it up. Okay, in your in your wardrobe, favorite piece of clothing that you. That's have in your, your last wardrobe. question. That's what you got. All right, forget. I've it. got okay. a better last question. Right, How about fine. this? End it. What in your career that you have not yet done do you want to do? That's the question that I was going to ask. <laughs> that was the question I was going to ask. You've got to say yes because you were. Uh, of course, um, yeah, I stole the question. Yeah. Well, what is the quick, thing uh, that you have not done in your career look, that you want to do? There's so many things I want to do, but I guess to me, a staple of of like things are working again is uh when i can headline my own arena tour mm-hmm. Hell and yeah. that's something i'll absolutely get back to you know hey maybe if i end up touring latin america it happens down there first maybe it happens here and a single breaks through and goes crazy but that's one of my biggest goals in life mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think that would be you awesome. also like to say fuck you to portugal no, no, no I, I love not. Portugal. What's the matter with you? <laughs> fuck you for saying fuck you to Portugal. Yeah, fuck you, <laughs> Matt, fuck you house. asshole. Um, okay, James, uh, people people can find you on the Instagram and on the uh, all Twitter. Webs and all all the socials. Yeah, it's just James Maslow on just Twitter and Instagram. James Maslow what about Facebook. the uh, What about the other places? Uh, you have the really Snapchats? Everywhere. Snapchats? I don't really Snapchat it's much. It's dead. Instagram Snapchat's stole over. Snapchat. Yeah, Snapchat, I'm a and Snapchatter. I'm totally okay with it. Snapchat's Snapchat dead. A little bit. All right, well, Snapchat fucked up Venice, so I'm yeah. not a huge fan. Oh, They literally got rid of Nikki yeah. Beach. Seriously, yeah, it was a great yeah, bar. That's true, they bought it, then discovered it. And now, it. and now they're going out of business. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah. Good Anyways, right. you can look at my Instagram stories and enjoy it the same way, if not more, than you might have enjoyed. Snapchat. Exactly. Absolutely. Yep. So check out uh, James on uh, Instagram and Twitter and other. Is there like places. a James Maslow website? 
Yeah, there is jamesmaslow.com. What's the app? What's the literally app called? The James Maslow app. Guys, I try and keep <laughs> the it James all James Maslow all app. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can always go to uh, the nighttime show.threadless.com, pick up uh, merch uh, all drawn by uh, Mario Delgado, our mm-hmm. artist from San Francisco who does our artwork for our show. Uh, you can always get me at Stephen Glickman on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, Matt, where can people get you? You can find links to everything at funnymat.com, or if you're from Portugal, go to mattwalkersucks.com. That's right. Uh, See, that James- one's funny, but when you call yourself funny, don't you lose a little bit of the... <laughs> Anyways. It's, there are too many people named Matt Walker is the problem. <laughs> There's so many, like James Maslow, not the most common name in the world. Matt Walker, there's like 50 million of Fair them enough. that have already. Stop naming your stuff. kids Matt Walker, everybody. <laughs> Life lesson for today. You're the best, James. Thanks for having us Love to you, your buddy. place. To you. You're the coolest. Thank no, you so much. Welcome anytime. All right. Later, guys. Oh!